Hi, I'm Dr. Chris Crowley. Thanks for tuning in for today's episode of Beauty in the Brain. I'm joined by my husband and co-host, Jerry Drinkard, family nurse practitioner, and our uh, nurse practitioner at Skin and Tonic, Allie Ballou. So today we have an exciting uh, topic and something that is taboo in many uh, circles, social circles, and it's sexual health. We have a lot of juicy things to share with you guys, and uh, so we're excited. Uh, Jerry? Yeah, today we're going to talk about some several things that are just kind of shrouded in secrecy, as Chris said, and not commonly talked about. Um, we've got Allie joining us, and she's an expert on like the female side of this. She treats most of our female patients at the clinic, and we're happy to have Allie with us today. Yeah, I'm super excited to talk about taboos of sexual health today, especially from a female perspective. It's something that we don't talk about a lot and is overlooked, but is really important. Yeah, this is a topic that, that in the clinic we've all found uh, kind of interesting because a lot of patients don't really want to uh, discuss this or they won't openly bring up these topics. But as soon as they have one little gateway, so whether it's a pamphlet or a brochure or a book that we have on sexual dysfunction, we find that that kind of opens the doorway and allows them to start exploring options to really help them in their personal life. We know that it's, it's something that affects a lot of men and women. So, you know, let's just dive right in and start talking about the juicy stuff with this. One of the most difficult things is how do you get to that point of a patient's coming in for another treatment is how do you get to the point of discussing sexual health with them? And my gateway, and yours may be different if it is, please share. I just kind of talk about the different treatments and PRP is commonly done in the clinic, whether for, you know, hair growth or for a vampire facial or one of the other treatments. And also at that point, that's when I introduced the O shot or the P shot, depending on who it is that I'm talking with. And most of the time, if they don't say, you know, I've suffered from this, or they know someone that suffers from this, or they'll either call Sierra, they'll call her back later for an appointment and say, hey, you remember when I was in there the last time we were talking about X, Y, or Z, and can you tell me more information on that? How do you bring it up to your That's patients? That's definitely one of the ways is PRP and all the different uses for PRP that I bring it up. And then I also have a book right on my top bookshelf that is in clear view of the patient um, that says the female orgasm. And if they're curious about what the book is, it's usually a very easy way to kind of start talking about that and the O shot or what they're struggling with with sexual health. Um, so that's a pretty easy way. It's a good topic starter. We entered this, uh, you know, sexual health arena more than 10 years ago. And this was actually when we uh, took a class from Dr. Charles Runnels, who developed the P-Shot and the O-Shot and vampire face procedures. And when we actually took the class with him to kind of, our interest was strictly on facial procedures. And we were looking at rejuvenation. And um, I, I can remember distinctly us having a conversation and say, we're not ever going to treat anything from the neck down. And for years we didn't. For years it was it was never a concern, but um, I think it also had a lot to do with our patient population we were treating at the time, the the location. We were in a, a spa suites type um, situation and it really wasn't set up to, to treat this and lack of knowledge on our part because we, we weren't comfortable and didn't know how to approach that topic. I think it's it's a very taboo subject to to approach with some people, but once you open that door, it's surprising the statistics about how many people are affected by this, don't you think? 
Yeah, and I think even more so, you know, you see, it's common to see commercials nowadays, not always, but now it is about erectile dysfunction and men's sexual health, but we're still kind of behind on female sexual health. And it's not really that different in the form of like statistics, like a third of women and men both um, very commonly have sexual dysfunction. Um, and so I think it's great that now that I'm a part of the practice, I think that females are a lot more open to talking to me about it. I know even like, I don't know how it is for guys and like friends and what, you know, you guys feel like you can talk about as a community, but I feel like women empowerment and all of these movements that have been happening and feminism, and it's a lot more common for women to feel open to talking about their sexual health and what they're happy with and what they're struggling with now more than ever. Yeah, I think it's um, really like important. And I think the book uh, that you discussed is one of the ways that we actually started. So um, when Dr. Reynolds wrote this book, he encourages it as part of your practice, um, even for the patients to be able to pick up and take out of the practice to read about these procedures without having to have that uh, conversation. Clearly they need a conversation with a provider before they actually get a procedure, but this allows them to kind of research it and at least know that there's help out there when they're having some particular you know problems. And you know, once we started kind of learning more about the procedures and becoming more comfortable with them ourselves, then I think we actually became more comfortable discussing these issues with the patients. Well, I also think the one of the misconceptions is that sexual dysfunction is erectile dysfunction, and there are so many other aspects to it. I mean, you have you know stress incontinence that can occur during sex, which is horribly embarrassing for people. You have erectile dysfunction, which is the most common um, thing that's advertised, as you'd mentioned. Lack of um, sensation, the vaginal dryness for our perimenopausal, postmenopausal women, and and we have several really young women now that are going. Through through changes earlier and earlier. And so, you know, it, our sex is a huge part of a healthy relationship. And when it is uncomfortable or can't happen for either of the partners, or God forbid, both partners, then it really puts a strain on, an, on a relationship, emotionally and, and physically. I always think back to a couple that we had that came in and um, the wife brings the husband in and she's like, you know, he can't maintain an erection. And then you get them alone and the husband actually says, well, I can't maintain an erection because it's painful and complained of that sandpaper sex, which is what happens when the wife is experiencing vaginal dryness. And so you kind of learn, it's like, you know, people don't want to talk about it, especially with their partner who you would think, you know, it would be so easy to talk about that, but you don't want to feel like something's wrong with you. But the fact is, is it's just a normal function, just like, I mean, if you had kidney failure, like you wouldn't be embarrassed to tell somebody, you know, that, oh, I have to go get dialysis. No, it's just part of your body and all of our body functions work independently and together, so. That kind of touches on like what we see is how many times people do protect their partner I, I call it protection. I don't. I don't know that that's necessarily. That's what the goal is. But the partner's kind of kept in the dark. We have guys that, you know, they keep a Cialis or a Viagra in their truck so that their spouse doesn't know it. But you know, having to plan for sex is also takes away that spontaneity, which is the fun part of like sex. You don't want to have to plan for it three or four hours ahead of time and take medication. And some of the treatments that are available today kind of give you that spontaneity back, don't you think? So I think that's a good kind of transition point that for us to, to go into talking about male and female sexual health um, kind of differently so our listeners can get an opportunity to kind of uh, hear what's av available for each sex out there. So let's start um, 
with the male sexual health. So um, as we mentioned earlier, we've been uh, providing the P-Shot, which is a plasma therapy or platelet-rich plasma. And it's a, a, a therapy that was developed by Dr. Runnels for a number of years. And a few years ago, we incorporated a shockwave device into our treatment. And um, we've had you know, kind of great success with this over the past few years. And um, I, I wanna talk a little bit about how our practice changed with a slight marketing change. So we were doing these therapies for a long time and they were in the erectile dysfunction category. And we found that it was really um, kind of difficult for guys to say they had a dysfunction, especially when it comes to anything sexually related. And as we started uh, using this uh, uh, device that we're using for sarcotherapy, we use the Zimmer Z-Wave, and um, that device, we just kind of abbreviated it with a, a P-Wave, and that strictly was for our scheduling purposes, and so we knew when the machine would be in use and for what uh, the anticipated amount of time for the procedure would be. And someone suggested um, that we you know, kind of incorporate that into a, a more of a entire package for uh, erectile dysfunction, and uh, at that point, we come up with our own trademark procedure, the performance P-Wave, and we kind of developed that, and it's a, a way that we can comprehensively evaluate guys of various ages and uh, whether or not they have some mild dysfunction all the way up to severe dysfunction, and let them know what treatments we have available in our office that are minimally invasive, all the way up to the point that maybe they need referral out um, for evaluation by um, a, you know, a specialist such as a urologist or someone with surgical skills that can evaluate them for uh, you know, more invasive things like a penile implant. So Jerry, uh, you know, what are your thoughts since we started doing the, the performance P-Wave at our practice? I think saying performance improvement is, was the game changer for it. I mean, obviously you can't shoot pool with a rope. So the, one of the things that, that we try to do is we want to increase the, the stiffness of the, of the erection, the rigidity of the erection, the, you know, making the erection last longer. But sensitivity is another issue that is very common um, you know, we have a lot of high school athletes or younger athletes, I should say, that are on um, performance enhancing drugs that affect them later in life and impact um, testosterone levels as they age. And so we're seeing a younger population and no one in their 20s or 30s wants, or 40s or 50s for that matter, wants to say that they have erectile dysfunction. But it'd be really hard to find a guy in their 20s, 30s, 40s or 50s or 60s even that says that they don't want to perform better. And so I think just changing that name to a performance rather than a dysfunction really made it a lot easier for guys to say that's what I want. And I think um, I think having a, a specific brand such as the Vagicadabra, which we'll talk about in a bit, but just having a name that people can ask for without saying exactly what is what's wrong, you know, kind of opens the door and makes it an easier subject to talk about. Yeah, I really think that that alone, it didn't necessarily change our evaluation. So, um, you know, we're still having to do a thorough medical evaluation and history and kind of uh, evaluate what their dysfunction is because in reality, that's what we're treating, but it certainly is a conversation starter. And by changing that name, it allows it to open that door and, and at least initiate that conversation. So Allie, 
Um, I know that you see most of our female patients, but they're also a major referral source for the guys in our practice. Oh yeah, definitely. I can't tell you how many female patients I've had that's like, I'm bringing my husband in for that, or I'm bringing my boyfriend in for that. And then they tell their friends about it, surprisingly. Like, I didn't think that guys talked about it that much, but they tell their friends about it. And then it's before you know it, you've got like a whole golf group in there, you know, like getting P waves. So um, I think it's great though, that we're getting to the point in our social circles that we can talk about it and refer people and you know all have great sex <laughs> yeah exactly so jerry uh why don't you do you want to share a little bit about what that process looks like so if they're a patient or if you're a listener out there and you're trying to think you know uh what does this actual performance p wave uh, look like or if i'm going to be evaluated what does it entail we have different degrees. Um, the performance P wave is actually a combination of a couple of treatments. The, um, the sound wave devices Chris mentioned earlier and the P shot that we'll talk a little bit more about. Um, the P wave is actually a non-invasive or minimally invasive um, treatment that uses sound wave device to, to open up those arteries and veins that can sometimes either be you know, hardened and not fully dilate, or they can be injured from previous um, sexual injuries or from diseases, whether diabetes or Peyronie's disease. Or So a lot of times the P wave can open up those and actually help with even without the need for the, for the P shot. We typically do, you know, six treatments on these patients with the P wave device. And then we also, we have the P shot, which we're able to, to offer. And the P shot is a plasma um, treatment where we draw uh, 60 cc's of blood sample from patients, process it um, in a dual spin system, and then we re-inject the plasma component into the penis to help with um, better improvement for erections and sensitivity. Yeah, there you go. These procedures, they do involve some home care as well, right? So we usually combine that with things like a vacuum assist device. So something that uh, we send home with the patient to do vacuum therapy for twice a day, 10 minutes, it's pretty easy. And something they can do at home to maintain the results they're paying for uh, in the practice. And sometimes they need some medications along with it. And so we kind of evaluate that on a case-by-case -case basis and decide if they need any kind of medical therapy along with the and device. You know, the the other thing, is kind of like in skincare, when we talk about like a good skincare regimen being insurance for, you know, maintaining your, your neuromodulator, your fillers, you also have some homework to do with these sexual health treatments, you know. Um, it doesn't work well in smokers. We encourage smokers for smoking cessation, weight loss in our obese patients, getting your A1C down in your diabetic patients, exercise for your patients that you know aren't moving around. All of these things are things that impact impact overall well-being, but certainly sexual well-being. And typically, if we start patients and we tell them to walk a mile a day, that's five miles in a week. And a lot of these people, you know, if you say anybody can walk a mile in a day, right? And not necessarily. I mean, we have some of these guys that have been pretty, pretty stable, not moving around much for several years. And so if we give them a goal, you know, it's, it's really nice. It's, I mean, it's doctor's orders. Basically, you go home and you need to walk. You need to lose a little weight. You need to vacuum a couple of times a day for the first 30 days after the treatment. And when they start seeing results, we can ask patients six months out and they're still using the vacuum pump or coming back in for a follow-up treatment. So it's really good to see when you make a difference in these people's lives because it not only impacts theirs, but also their spouse or their significant other. 
So, Allie, have you uh, seen any of our uh, female patients or the female partners of the guys who've uh, been receiving the P-Ways? Definitely. Um, they're like, you know, we're doing it more because it builds the guy's confidence up a lot, I think. And sometimes not like before you would even actually start experiencing benefits from it, like physically benefits. And so just by them having that procedure done, sometimes I think just like gives them that confidence that like, oh, because a lot of it's mental. It doesn't have to be mental, but some of it is. And so I think sometimes just like stepping in the right direction and doing something about it, they're like, okay, I'm gonna start seeing benefits. This is gonna be good. This is gonna be good for my marriage, for my sex life, for whatever. And then immediately they start to see benefits, maybe not just from the device, but because they know they're pro being proactive about their sex life. I, I think also you brought up a, a good point about like you want confidence when you're with that the person that you love or the person that you're with. Um, and you know, if erectile dysfunction ever happens once to a guy, then there's always the next time that it's in the back of your head, is it going to happen again? And if it happens again, then it's just even more deeply rooted. And so well, something that I ask every single guy that sits in my chair for a sexual consult is, do you wake up with a morning erection? Do you get hard during the night? And do you masturbate? And so typically if people can answer yes to those questions, then there's some sort of mental block or some anxiety around having sex that's causing the inability to perform like they want. And so, um, and we see the same thing with maintaining an erection. So if a guy, you know, can get hard originally, um, but he loses an erection during sex, chances are the next time when he gets about to that point when he lost that erection the last time, it's gonna be in his mind. Like, is it gonna happen? Is it gonna happen? And when you focus on that, then it happens. Yeah, yeah. And so then we have something completely different to delve into. But I do think it makes guys feel good to know that, you know, if you can masturbate and you wake up with erections, then like there's not, not, a, phys not a physical problem with you. Like this is something we can get by and it's gonna be a pretty easy fix for you. And so those questions that seem so uncomfortable really bring comfort to people. Yeah, and I think it's, you know, important if you're treating these patients in your practice or if you're having, uh, if you're one of our patients listening, that also, um, you know, a lot of things that we can do help with some of the physical problems. But if there is some kind of psychological component that goes along with it, that um, you're not embarrassed to, to talk about it or seek help. And so there, you know, are a number of therapists available. And we have so many, uh, you know, great uh, uh, therapy things that's available online now or through apps on the phone. Uh, that certainly can help you with some of these uh, psychological problems that may be contributing to that. So let's um, uh, jump uh, to the other topic real quick and talk about our Vagicadabra. So Vagicadabra is the newest thing we're opening. Yeah, we all kind of get the a laugh The hottest thing on the market right hottest now. Hottest thing on the market right now is the Vagicadabra. <laughs> and so, uh, Ali, tell us about the Vagicadabra. Yeah, so uh, the Vagicadabra is a CO2 laser, actually, a wand, if you will. Um, and so this vaginal probe is actually you know, inserted in the vagina and 
lasers the inside does some resurfacing and um, helps with stress incontinence um, with resurfacing the inside which can help with like sandpaper sex uh, vaginal lubrication creating your own natural vaginal lubrication um, and we've seen really great results with it and the best part is is that it doesn't hurt um, you know there's a little bit of you can feel something happening like right at the end of the procedure but I haven't had anybody that's like I would never do that again so that's always comforting to hear because I think that's a very scary thing when you talk about a sexual health procedure like you're like I don't want anything that hurts going down there and especially anyone that's ever had a co2 on their face I oh mean, yeah it's one of the most uncomfortable treatments in Absolutely. my opinion you know that that you can do and so you really don't think but women tend to tolerate it right? they tolerate it just fine I mean we're sitting there talking about what they're gonna eat for lunch or what they bought shopping last night online at Amazon at 2 a.m you know it's not something that's there's a lot of anxiety around, especially once I talk to them and explain to them it's not going to hurt and I promise it's not going to hurt. Then they're like, okay, you know, we'll see. And then when they see that it doesn't hurt, then they tell their friends about it. That's that's really great. Yeah, I was absolutely, you know, uh, amazed actually the first time that we did it. We did yeah. training on it. And so, um, you know, before we were fortunate enough to have you join the practice, Jerry and I, um, we did uh, all these treatments ourselves, and. Um, we had some patients that, you know, did say like, basically, we're comfortable with you guys. We've seen you for eight or nine years and they still wanted us to do it. And I think some of them had seen us so long, they felt uh, almost like friends with us and they really didn't want us doing their yeah. procedure. So I think it definitely helps having uh, you join us. And so um, certainly that's brought a, a, a whole different population in and gives our female patients some uh, comfort with what they're having to have done. But we were there for the, the training on this and we kind of, you know, we obviously had to, to know how to do this procedure and I was amazed. Oh, like I thought they're, they're going to be off the table compared to what we've I wasn't done volunteering to have it done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sure. You weren't going to do the training. You're like, <laughs> yeah. nope, not going to be me. No, not going to be me. But no, I mean, now after seeing it, I mean, I would do it and not think anything of it, which yeah, is Yeah, and the, the, the patients come back and consistently yeah. tell us that really, so compared to even, uh, you know, O-Shots, which we numb for, and really is, even the O-Shots not that uncomfortable, but, uh, you know, relatively speaking, this seems to be a pretty pain-free option with that, that for if we're going down the laser route. Um, let's talk a little bit about the O-Shot. So that's the, you know, kind of our female equivalent, if you will, of what we talked about earlier with the, um, P-Shot, so you want to talk us a little bit about the, yeah, how we do so that? Yeah, so now that we're doing the Vagicadabra, I do really, you know, love that. Um, the, I guess, con, there's pros and cons to every treatment. The con, I guess, to the Vagicadabra is you've got to be willing to come back and, like, do a three-series of it, 30 days apart each, whereas the O-Shot can be a one-and-done if, depending on your results, and everybody's obviously going to be different because it's dependent on your plasma and your growth factors and everything. Um but that's a that's a good thing about the O shot. Also, with the clitoral injection, you're gonna get enhanced growth factors in your clitoris, which is gonna heighten your sensitivity and possibly make it easier for you to orgasm. And so, if that's more of my client's concern, is you know I'm not having a good time having sex, or you know clitoral stimulation is not interesting to me, then let's go the O shot route. Um, and there's absolutely no downtime either with the O shot. They can go home and have sex that night. Whereas with the vagicadabra, you do want to have three days of the vaginal rest, no insertion of penises or tampons. 
You probably just made a few people squeamish when you talked about the <laughs> the, the clitoral shot. That's how I so, got all my TikTok views so, on that no shot video was so, because I said the c word. So would well, not just the c word, but the pain associated because it's kind of like oh, the, uh, it's kind of the yeah. same thing with the guys when we talk about the location of the injections and that one of the injections goes just in the ridge of the glands and you talk about putting a needle in the head of a guy's business and it's like yeah, get away from me. So what about the females? How do they tolerate it? And what do you do to help them as far as comfort with the O-Shot? Yeah, girls are tough, man. I um, We do topical numbing um, inside the vagina as well as on the clitoris. Um, and then after we let that sit for about 15, 20 minutes while we're spinning the blood and preparing the plasma, we do a lidocaine injection um, to do a kind of a clitoral block essentially is what it is. And so there's a little, you know, baby pinch, a little sting from the lidocaine. And after that, I mean, when I inject the plasma into the clitoris, honestly, they don't even know anything's happened. When can uh, women expect to see results if they get either of these procedures? I would say about four to six weeks is when you can start experiencing results. Some people will have results the first night from the O-Shot. Um, and that's usually because of an enlarged clitoris from the plasma injection. Um, but yeah, about four to six weeks is when you start to see results from any type of collagen stimulating or growth factor procedure. We had, um, when we first started um, doing this treatment, a patient said the, the first orgasm she had was when she left the parking lot of the clinic. So, yeah. so some, <laughs> some, of those, um, some of those things are related to you know, the immediate volume that you place in the, in the clit. But the thing that we probably hear most common that they see immediate results from is the relief of stress and confidence. I was gonna say, with the Vagicadabra now, we did have a girl who immediately the next day was like, you know, I had like a coughing fit or a sneezing fit or whatever it was, and fully expected to have a dribble and did not have to change her underwear once that day, so that's great. Yeah. So do you think that's just from maybe the swelling right after the procedure? Did that, I, I didn't talk to that patient, but did she say that kind of went back to it baseline? It maintained. It maintained, okay. Yeah, for that patient, and obviously everybody's different, yeah. but, and it could be from swelling, but for that patient it's For it to maintain, maintain yeah. then that would be, that's interesting. Yeah, absolutely. So with, you may have said this earlier, but with the, um, the Vagicadabra, that is a series of three treatments, mm -hmm. 30 days apart. And I, th I think you did touch on that, but I just wanted to reiterate it. With the P shot for the for the guys, it's kind of like the O shot. It's is very patient specific, and so you know some people they do need follow up treatments. Some people literally need that extra boost of confidence, and so um, you know if if that's something that we can get them in and get if we can do a treatment in a single day and send somebody home or to a swingers resort, which we <laughs> frequently do. Um, if we can do that, then I feel like my job is done and okay. done like better than most, most people can go home at the end of the day and say. So let's, let's um, as long as we're talking about kind of things that a lot of people don't like to mention, let's talk about penis size. So, right, we have a, a lot of women who want their guys to my be favorite bigger. Thing to talk Your about. favorite thing to talk about, <laughs> Allie, penis size. And, uh, you know, a lot of guys want it to be bigger, bigger, longer, fatter, thicker. So when, when guys... Hot dog down a hallway. <laughs> <laughs> when guys come in that, that um, are looking for those sorts of things, you know, do we have treatment options for them? Jeremy, I'll let you answer that. 
I'll start with the P wave since it is the, the least invasive. And most guys do report increase in vascularity, which is like pretty readily like visible. Um, but they see increase in vascularity, which guys like, and they also see an increase in girth. I think it's a lot harder and we never promise our patients increase in length. Um, but with the, the P shot um, and the performance P wave, People do get an increase in length, but I truly think that it's because they're not fully getting hard beforehand. You know, when you get to take a guy, he can still have sex, but he's getting like probably 75% as hard as he could, he potentially could, and you get him up to that 90% range, then there's gonna be an increase in size and girth. Um, there are other things out on the market as well now, as um, we mentioned in one of the other um, podcast episodes about penile filler, um, and you know, there are risks associated with all of these treatments. And I will say that the performance P wave, the P shot, and the um, um, the P wave alone are the, the safest when you start delving into that. Yeah, so I mean, I, I, we do get asked actually fairly often about penile filler. And so when, when we're considering that, this is using one of the fillers that we would use in other parts of the body, but instead we're gonna spread it around the penis and that's basically to increase girth. And I think, um, you know, patients, uh, we in our office, do um, a very uh, thorough consultation and we kind of pride ourselves on fully explaining risk and, and letting patients know that they could get a vascular occlusion which could actually cause you know, a, a worsening dysfunction, even death of tissue, some sloughing off. And so we don't um, you know, do tons of that without kind of really uh, talking to the patient uh, thoroughly first. But the other things I was wanting to touch on um, a little bit is uh, what about using Botox or Dysport or any of those agents? Because you know that's some of the things that are out there now, and um, you know we have a procedure called uh, Botox, and so that also was uh, trademarked by Dr. Ronalds, um, and, and that's where we're using one of the neurotoxins for penile enhancement. I think that originally that was to make someone that's a grower and not a shower. Um, feel more comfortable when when they don't have their clothes on because it does make the penis just hang more freely in it when it's in a flaccid state. But there are also um, studies that support support using um, neuromodulators for erectile dysfunction, and so it's kind of a win-win. You know, if you look better when you're naked and flaccid, and you can get harder when you're ready to perform, then. Why not get a little Botox? I mean, it's easy. It's a treatment that takes 15 minutes in the office, is relatively safe. Um, there's no downtime associated with it. You can go out and have fun. You know, you need a, a 24 hours of rest, but outside of that, um, you're pretty much ready to go. And then just like when you're using neurotoxin in other parts of the body, it's somewhere around five days. And so seven days you start seeing changes and continue to change up to 21 days. I think that Bocox is a flashy name. I hate that Dr. Ronalds came up with it instead of me, <laughs> but, um, but I like it. So. Yeah. Now, the other areas that we can inject it, um, you know, talking about sexual health. So um, there are, uh, if you're having issues with uh, vaginal uh, tightness, um, uh, there are select ways that we can inject to kind of relax out if it's painful for that reason. We can also inject it in the scrotum. And so it's one of the things, uh, you know, I think we kind of laugh and joke about it and think about like smoothing out the wrinkles in the scrotum. But, and uh, you know, a lot of people want that because they want the scrotum to hang lower. And so um, is that something that your girlfriends find important, Allie, that you girls talk about? No, you could care less. That's the guy thing. I don't want to see Paul. You don't want to see it at all. Yeah. 
I, I don't really know that area, but I know that, you know, a, a lot of the guys, they want them to like hang low or be bigger. I was like trying to bigger. hide my facial expression yeah. when you were talking about that. I was like, oh God. Yeah. So, but so if that's important to you and if it makes you more confident when you're having sex, you should do it. Yeah, exactly. So we do have, you know, quite a few options, as you guys can see, and, and treatments that, that we can provide. If you're interested in more information on anything that we've talked about on today's episode, please check out our website at skinandtonic.pro, or you can find us on any of our social media channels that we'll uh, include in a link down below. And keep in mind, there's no shame in talking about your sexual game. I mean, everybody wants to be better, or if you're the best, then you want to stay the best. So keep in mind, there's things out there for maintenance and improvement. Okay. Thanks for joining us today, Allie. You guys tune in next week for another episode of Beauty in the Brain.